Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, that was great to have Gene Principe in studio for the first hour of the show. Uh, love Gene, one of the true good guys, not just in the broadcasting world, but in the whole world. Wonderful gentleman and a lot of fun to uh, to have on the show. He's uh, he's an upbeat guy, a uh, lot of positive energy, and, and very good at his job, which is nice, too. It is 7.06. It's Inside Sports on Eskimos and Oilers Radio, 6.30. Chet, we will broadcast a live football game on Saturday. That ought to be fun. Edmonton home to Calgary, Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. 3 o'clock for the pregame show, special two-hour pregame show, and uh, 5 o'clock for the kickoff. And then we have a hockey game on Sunday afternoon, Oilers rookies at Flames rookies, one thirty for the pregame show, and the game will start at 2. So there we uh, go. We are getting busy with the live sports here on 6.30 Chet. Now, the Eskimos will not have Darrell Walker in the lineup. He was injured on Labor Day Monday, likely going to miss uh, a few games here. Here's quarterback Mike Riley. It's tough to lose that guy. I don't care what team that he would be playing on. It would be hard to lose him, but... Um you know we've we've had a lot of good depth at the wide receiver position here for a number of years, and you know you got a guy like Bryant Mitchell who has been waiting and and got one game to play and played really well in it, and then had to take a seat and wait, you know, for the next opportunity and the next opportunity is here. So, you know, we certainly want Darrell to get as healthy as he can and get back as quick as he can because he's going to make our team better no matter who's out there in in his position. But uh, for the time being, while we're waiting for him. Uh, we got a lot of talent, and, and guys are going to get their opportunity. You know, And as I always say, whenever you get that chance, you want to make the most of it. And Bryant and the rest of the guys that are going to fill in know that. And uh, I think they're excited about their chance. We're excited for them too. But, yeah, we want Darrell to get healthy. So Walker out. Uh, he's the fourth leading receiver in the CFL when it comes to yardage. Kamar Jordan, who is second, plays for the Calgary Stampeders. He was hurt on Monday, and, and he might be out for the whole season. Uh, still waiting to see the official word on him, but it doesn't look like he'll be playing on in the Labor Day rematch on Saturday either. So each team losing a big offensive player going into uh, Saturday's game. Bo Levi Mitchell, who missed a series and a couple other plays in that game for the Stamps, uh, he's good to go. So we'll have Riley at Mitchell once again at the quarterback position. Uh, the Eskimos play in the second half, especially offensively, has been a huge issue recently. They have lost three of their last four. Uh, I'm sure you're sick of me bringing up this stat, but let's let's do it one more time, shall we? BC, 
They're outscored 21-3 in the second half. Hamilton, they're outscored 15-0. Calgary, they're outscored 10-0. The points against, not too bad in Calgary. Didn't allow a touchdown, but they only score three. So in the last three losses, the Eskimos have scored six points in the six quarters, making up the second halves of those games, and Riley was asked about that per performance. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, just haven't, haven't made the plays that we're used to making. Um, you know, had the opportunities for sure, but just, um, you know, kind of when the chips are down, we haven't made the plays that we need to make to finish a game out, whether we're playing with the lead and, and need to um, keep the ball or if we're playing from behind or need to score and, and or in the case of this last game, tied and need to get a point. And on the flip side, um, you know, defensively, uh, we've played great all game pretty much for the last month and a half and then uh, you know when they get the ball they found a way to, to go down and make the plays that our offense hasn't been able to so um, you know we need to be better certainly uh, throughout a lot of different points in the game but late in the game when you need something to happen um, you know you need to go out there and make it happen you can't just sit back and and hope the other team screws up or, or hope that somebody else will make the play you know somebody's got to step up and do it and, and we all need to have that mentality you were pretty good on second and short but to your point, there were two of them in the fourth quarter that you didn't convert on. And yeah. how much do the little things matter when you're that close with a with a good team? Yeah, it matters always, you know. And, and that's the difference between being a great team and, and being a team that's you know close to being there. Mm-hmm. And, and close to being there's not good enough. And it's always going to be the little details, you know. When you're playing against a really good team like Calgary, if you if you don't win but you felt like you could have it's going to come down to the details and and they've always been really good with the details and for us uh, like you said mo- most of the day I felt like we were pretty good on second down conversions certainly on second and short um, but there was a couple um, that they stuffed us on and and those were you know two of of a handful of things that uh, you know ultimately changed the outcome of the game. Well, yeah, some details getting away from the Eskimos, not just in that game, but in other games as well. And clearly the turnovers were the problem on Monday. They turn it over in a stretch three times in four possessions in the second half. The first play of each of those possessions, they don't get yards, they don't use any clock, and then maybe they could have got some points. So that was a problem. One thing that was a lot better for the Eskimos on Monday was penalties. Only two There were only six accepted penalties in the game. Four against Calgary, two against the Eskimos. The Eskimos one's very costly. A long pass interference call. Uh, It wasn't called initially on the field. Calgary challenged, and uh, they, they won the challenge, so they got 40 yards there. And then obviously the play on Chris Edwards... Uh, late in the game. Now, Chris Edwards has, um, you know, been a goat with penalties at other times over the last year and a half. Uh, some of them extremely, I mean, he's taken some after the whistle penalties, the throat slash last year. He was called for, uh, you know, a late hit earlier this season. So he's done some incredibly silly things. Um, the one on Monday, the, the illegal contact, more of a football play, uh, but still one you, you would hope to avoid. Uh, I know Jason Moss commented, you know, that the, he, he felt the flag was, was thrown a little late, but he says, you know, he, he did bump him after the, the, the five-yard window. I, I, I know, I know I, I, and it was a penalty. I made the point. I know some other people have made the point. Uh, in a game with not a lot of flags and where you can call a legal contact on a lot of plays, it was interesting that the flag came out at that point in the game. Jason Moss was asked today, are the officials 
targeting Chris Edwards? I don't think so. I think they, I would say that that's unfair to say that okay. an official targeting anybody. I think they do their job. Um, there's guys who have eyes on a particular area, a particular to receive a receiver and a DB in an area, and they look at those guys. So if you do anything without, within the, uh, without, you know, or I should say anything illegal, they're going to find it and they're going to call it. And that's basically what the referee's jobs are. So, you know, they call it as they see it. And it doesn't matter who's in that area. I don't believe for a second that anybody targets another player in our league. Uh, their two, our referees are very professional. And uh, that's not the conversations I've had with guys. I mean, they have a job to do, and I think they do it extremely well. All right, so uh, Jason, I, I don't think Chris Edwards is is being targeted. I mean, I I understand why the the question would be asked. Look, he, he committed a penalty. Tough time in the game uh, for that to be called. Took away an Eskimo sack. Took away a, a chance for them to win the game in regulation time. There's no guarantee they they do anything with the ball at that point, but certainly cost them a chance to win it in regulation time. Uh, Chad in the Grove says Jason Moss needs to hire an offensive coordinator. He's being badly out coached by the other team's defensive coordinators. The Edmonton media calls Riley the most outstanding player, not this year. And Chad adds, go Bombers. I'm guessing he thinks Andrew Harris is the most outstanding player. And you can make that argument. Uh, look, if, if the Eskimos uh, wind up with a mediocre record or, you know, go 9-9 nine and nine or something like that, then, yeah, I think it's hard to, to call Riley the MOP. At this point in the season, he has the most passing yards. Uh, he has the most touchdowns. And, and he's got the reputation. So I, I think he's on a pretty short list of MOP candidates. I think his stock has fallen over the last couple of games. Uh, I mean, Andrew Harris is excellent. Bo Levi Mitchell's the quarterback on the best team in the league. Um, so I think he'd be in the discussion. Would you, would you put Jeremiah Mazzoli in the discussion? I, I think you, you, you would have to. But again, Hamilton's record isn't great either, and they've been pretty up and down. But uh, Chad in the Grove, you are a Bombers fan. So is it Andrew Harris? Tech, like, like if you're Chad, first of all, if you're going to text me and say Riley's not the MOP, you have to tell me who you think it is. You can't just say out of the, uh, you know, 450 players in the league, it's not this guy. You got to tell me which one it is. All right. Uh, here's Richard says, bonehead play calling yet again. Second and three. Two minutes left, they call a play where they bring the ball back and the defense rushes instead of just pounding it through on the second down and maybe even the third down to get those three yards. Yeah, there was a there was a pass play late in the game where Riley got sacked, and you'll wonder if on that one they just should have run it and, and taken the field goal. Uh, fair enough. Um, here's the thing. Were, were the Eskimos outcoached in the second half in Vancouver? Absolutely. In uh, Hamilton, yeah, I think that was part of it. I, I don't know if that was the case in, in Calgary. I, I mean, the, the the turnovers were all three plays that should have been or were successful offensive plays. Seven-yard slant to Bahar. He's wide open. Riley throws it a little high. Bahar gets his hands on it and can't catch it. You know, that should have been a routine completion that sets up at least a second and three, if not gets you the first down with the run after the catch. Uh, Duke Williams fumbles after gaining 15 yards. To me, that's a successful play. And then C.J. Gable, that's a basic dive play handoff where it looks like he's probably going to gain three to five yards, and, and he fumbles. So 
you know, I, I don't think everything comes down to play call. I mean, when you lose a game, sure, you can look back and say, well, why didn't they call that? Why didn't they call that? I mean, they called a lot. They called a lot of plays that worked. They called a lot of defensive plays that worked against Calgary. Not a lot of teams can say that this year. All right, you can text six thirty six thirty. It is seven sixteen. Blue Jays up nine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three on Tampa Bay. We will visit with Ian Herbers, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears, when we get back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Thank you, mysterious voice man. Def Leppard. Turn it up a bit. Is there a level you're not allowed to play it louder than, Kellen? Uh, like, will Sid Smith call you and yell at you if it gets too loud? No. Uh, Chad in the Grove texting back that uh, Andrew Harris is indeed his MOP. Uh, that is Chad in the Grove. I don't think we've ever heard from Chad in the Grove before. Well, welcome to the text line, Chad. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, that I think the sequence Richard is referring to, I just went back and looked at the game log for the uh, Eskimos and Stampeders game. So it's 17-17 early in the fourth quarter. The Eskimos uh, had a couple of first downs. They had a first and 10 from the Calgary 35, incomplete pass to Duke Williams. Then on second and 10, Riley gets sacked for eight yards, so they're pushed back to the 43, and then instead of trying a 50 or 51-yard field goal, uh, that's when O'Neal nailed his beauty of a punt that went out of bounds inside the one-yard line. So I I think that's the sequence Richard is talking about. Um, Yeah, he said second and three with two minutes left. The Eskimos um, were not in such a situation at that point in the game, Richard, so you will have to... uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, that's they, they. Well, they were in a second and three with two minutes left, uh, but they but they ran the ball. I, I think you're referring to a, a second down play where you think they should have run the ball. So yeah, yeah, second and ten, Calgary 35, uh, ten and a half minutes to go. Uh, Riley is sacked. So could have you called a run on second and ten and said, hey, a defensive game, maybe maybe three points. Uh, gets us a lead that we hang on to sure but i think you're thinking touchdown at at, at that point of the game richard i hope that's i hope that's what you're talking about because late in the game the eskimos had a second and three and did run the ball and got no yardage and and did kick a field goal which tied it at the time so uh, anyway that's looking back on that you can always text 630 630 ian herbers last three years as an assistant coach with the Edmonton Oilers. Before that, three years as head coach from the U of A Golden Bears. He's now back with the Bears. They're going to Penticton this weekend for a couple of preseason games against UBC, but he was back on the ice at Rogers Place running the Oilers in formal practice. 
I was a little surprised first to be on the big rink. I thought we were going to be on the community rink, uh, but it's obviously guys for the most part that I've been working with the last three years. So it's nice to come out and see them against our season, uh, seeing how good their summers were, how hard they've worked out, the time they've had off, and that. So it's good to catch up, chit chat a little bit, help them get prepared for the season. So uh, it's been a great experience for me. All right, and obviously you're uh, you, you have your new old job back. <laughs> back yeah, with you, yeah. big Golden Bears. Uh, it's a lo- lot of continuity on this uh, on on this team. Uh, I know you weren't the coach last year, but that's that's rare at the university level to get that many guys back. Yeah, it is. That's uh, just the job Stan Marple does in recruiting and everything else he does for the program and sponsorship and raising money and funds so uh, we can operate it the way we want. And so he's been the consistent factor over the last seven years. Uh, without him, you know, program's probably not where it is right now. So uh, great group. I've loved our practices. We had uh, skated last week. We started Tuesday, took Saturday, Sunday off, and then we've been on here Monday and Tuesday and the guys have worked out really worked very hard so uh, it's been good we've had a couple NHL guys out skating with us and a couple of our alumni skating with us that are waiting to go to the pro camps here as well so the numbers are good uh, but the pace and the commitment and the compete have been really good Tell us about a couple new guys you were able to add from the Western Hockey League. Uh, we got Miski who played in uh, Prince Albert, and Polinchuk, who played for Red Deer, uh, both local guys. Uh, they've come in here and stepped in right away and, and proved they're bare players. Uh, they play at the pace, the tempo uh, that we want on the ice, uh, both good in education and marks-wise, uh, both good in the dressing room character guys. So excited to get them in. We're shuffling lines around a little bit. I want to see different combinations. Uh, for me, especially this first month, we'll be flipping guys here and there and trying spots here and there and uh, just see if there's something that we didn't see. Um, just keep blending it up, blending it up until we get our combinations that we're happy with um, then go from there. Late August, early September, is there already a sense of hunger to win the national title again or can you not does that intensity not uh, factor in this early? Well, it's one of the things we talked about in our introductory meeting, um, how tough it is just, A, to win the national title, but then to repeat, it's it's a, even a bigger challenge. But for me, it's nothing about winning and losses and national title. For me, it's about the process and our journey that we're going to take uh, and just how we're going to get better every day. And there's a purpose behind everything we're doing. They might not realize something that we're doing in September 15th, uh, but I have the bigger picture that's going to be helping us out in March Um, so they know it's a process journey and they've taken the first few steps here very well all right and so a little different for you guys you're going to Penticton two games against the same opponent UBC so it's it's sort of like a university weekend except you're in a not in a traditional uh, city for that what what do you hope to accomplish this weekend with these early games uh, just really hammer on our five on five systems we'll just touch on our specialty teams here today and tomorrow uh, just the basic stuff so I won't be worried about that at, at uh, in Penticton uh, be more on our five on five play and how we play with our energy and our little details that it takes for us to be successful. Uh, hammer those home, we'll start introducing face-offs and the other few of the finer points. Uh, but just like I said earlier, just trying different line combinations. I'll mix it up a little bit here, different deep pairings. Uh, we got to decide on our goaltending. We have three goalies that we've got to take a look at here as well. So it'll be a little combination of everything. All right, that is U of A Golden Bears hockey coach Ian Herbers. They go to UBC on the weekend. The Eskimos play the Stampeders. Here's the deal. If you are a current U of A student, and Kellen will know, he's going to be answering the line. If you are a current U of A student, we're going to celebrate back to school for you by giving you two tickets 
to the Labor Day rematch on Saturday. First current U of A student to call through to Kellen, 780-496-0063, gets two tickets to Saturday's game. Oh, my goodness, Greg Reynolds is going to be in studio. This is going to be fun. Inside Sports on Chad back after the news. Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30 Chet. Is this urgent by Foreigner? Yeah, that's a beauty intro. Produced by Mutt Lang, the hitmaker. Brian Adams, Def Leppard, the Cards, Shania Twain. Hi, Greg Reynolds. We don't we don't like to talk about old Mutt in the country world where Why I come not? from. Well, Mutt Mutt and Shania broke Shania? up. Yeah, well, didn't he did he cheat on Shania? I don't or know. Did the he story. have a wandering eye? Because didn't he wind up with what their nanny or Shania's best friend or something like that? I don't read the tabloids, so I don't know all the details. I don't know, but I was at the grocery store today, and did you hear they found <laughs> and Shania Bigfoot? Was there? Yeah, well, Bigfoot has been found, and Elvis is alive. Well, th- that I can believe. All of, all of the above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember, do they still have the Bat Boy? I remember on the National, I'm, I assume it was the National, one of those tabloids, it was always the Bat Boy was on the on the cover. What's the Bat? The front page. Oh, the, the was kid that was that a bat? Like a bat. Yeah, that's what he was. He was, yeah, it wasn't a Bat Boy like in baseball. I was like, that's a pretty cool job. <laughs> uh, Richard texting back in uh, who... Uh, who was uh, critical of some of the Eskimos' play calling. He says, hey, Reed, I should say something positive also. I thought the defense played an awesome game up until that last penalty, but against Calgary, you have to be perfect, unfortunately. That is from Richard. Uh, yeah, yeah, the game was there. Game was there for the Eskimos, and uh, turnovers, tough penalty at the end, and, and away you go. And that, what, I, what, I wouldn't say that was a... I wouldn't say that was a sharply played game by Calgary. You know, they had some drops... We had the uh, post-game interview with Dave Dickinson. He was unhappy with some of the blocking on run plays. And, uh, you know, the Eskimos were able to get it, get to Bo Levi with a few sacks and uh, could not get the victory. Rematch Saturday, 3 o'clock pregame show here on 6.30, Ched Game at 5. Greg Reynolds is upstairs from Kissing Country 103.9. You, you join us a few times throughout the year. We always in, enjoy uh, chatting with you. This is one of those segments where we're, we're not sure uh, where it's going to go. <laughs> Yeah, it's always random. I like yeah, that. Yeah, we will talk about sports or athletics at some point. But we, we should get to this, and I, I, I congratulate you. You got married. I so did get married. Thank you. Yeah, uh, just over a month ago. It's uh, uh, We haven't broken up, and it's been over a month. So look at me go in the married world. And how is it so far? Is it a change? <laughs> it's the funniest thing because when, it, when, in, in, when you get married, there's two questions people immediately ask you. So, how's married life, right. and when are you going on your honeymoon? Oh, there's three questions, and when are you having kids? And the first Which is question... not a fair question. I mean... No. No. And that, and the, the how's married life, like, usually... Like, what I if mean, you just said awful? That's not... Al- so, already regretting it. It's no different. It's great. We've been living together. Because we were, were cohabitating. We were cohabit living in sin. Yeah, we had been dating <laughs> oh, five and a half years. Living in sin by Bon Jovi coming back from the Ooh, next commercial killing. Yeah. But we, we've been Forest. together five and a half years before we were married. Like, it's no different, and that's why we yeah. wanted to get married, because we have this awesome, happy life together. Yeah, you're so, not yeah. learning much about each other at this point. You're pretty established. Can you imagine the day after the wedding, she like, takes off a mask and is like, here's who I really am. No! Yeah. I'm locked in now. No, it's great. It's been awesome. Yeah. 
That's all that they are. Now, I, I, the one question of those I am guilty of asking um, is uh, about the honeymoon, though, and partly because I'm just interested in where people travel and what they're going to go do and sure. see and, and eat. But so you have not gone on a honeymoon? No, no. Uh, the we got married on the twenty eighth of July, and the next weekend is the big weekend for kissing country for for country lovers. Mm-hmm. It's Big Valley Jamboree, so we couldn't go then. And okay, my wife was a big part of the Edmonton Marathon, and that was her big weekend. So, um, or no. She was getting ready for that. She had another event that day. Whatever it was. She it, ran she, the marathon? No, she's a part of the team that is is uh, behind the scenes oh, in nice. the city. So, But anyway, she had a different event, and she's with events. And so it was a whole thing. We had a bunch of work to do, and we just haven't even planned the honeymoon yet. We have no idea what's going on. Okay. It seems to me, uh, I mean, when I, was, when I was a younger lad and I heard about people getting married, it often seemed like the, the next day or the day after they're gone on a honeymoon. Now it seems there's more and more, and maybe this is because look, I'm I'm not married, but you know I just have friends or colleagues like sure. you that get married, and it, it seems more and more is we got married in July, we're going to Mexico in February. That's the honeymoon. It's less like let's get away right away. Because the old tradition was like you you probably weren't living together. You got married probably pretty quick, and maybe the honeymoon was about experiencing some certain things for the very first time, and and they were you were rushing to go do that, and now it's like, hey, we're living together. We love each other. We just want to make this thing official. When we get some time and we recoup some money from how expensive weddings are these days, let's go on a fancy trip. Right. Well, I hope when and if you have a honeymoon, I hope it's beautiful. Do you want me to send you a bunch of beach selfies of me in my skimpy gear? I... Yeah. <laughs> then my life will at last be complete. Yeah, you're welcome. Today will be a day long remembered. Yes. Not only has it seen the end of Kenobi, soon I will have skimpily clad <laughs> photographs of Greg Reynolds. Lord Vader, what are you talking about? Speedo oh, no, number nothing. One. I just just distracted by something. <laughs> that was a horrible Vader voice. But yeah, hopefully not, people got the message. Not good at all. I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> well, I can't do the breathing. <laughs> the voice at the same time, but I was not expecting that. Uh, Greg Reynolds is in. What are you on? What are you on? What are you on that kissing station? Like noon to eight? What, like not even you close. To be on right now. You and I are such good friends that you totally have no idea what I do for a two, job. Two to seven. Two to seven yeah, every day. I, I, Monday I was to Friday. Pretty sure. There I you was, go. I was. Uh, I was pretty sure. Thanks, buddy. Uh, well, so so you got married. Now, did you have one of those weddings with like you know, what, like five hundred people, thousand no, people? No, we we paid for everything ourselves. So uh, really, no, yeah, yeah. no, per, no parental. No. Uh, Financial involvement? No, and that and that's sort of why it took so long to get married. Why it took five and a half years because we had to save some money to do the whole thing. When you put wedding in front of everything, like if I go buy a wedding toothbrush, it's five times the amount of money it would be for a regular toothbrush. Now, what does a wedding toothbrush look Nothing. like? Nothing. I don't know. It's just got probably like diamonds why on it. Why does it have? Why does? I didn't know there were special. <laughs> there aren't toothbrushes. There aren't toothbrush. Toothbrush eye. For weddings. I did not know that. There aren't. But it's, uh, yeah, so we had 120 people, including photographer and things like that, which okay. you have to feed. And that's the whole thing. It's really easy when you think about your wedding, you're like, I want all these people and cousins and parents, friends. And then you're like, oh, I'm paying for you to eat. No, I don't like you that much. You're cut. You're cut. You're cut. I don't care about you. 
No food for me. If I have to pay 70 bucks a plate for you to eat, I don't care if you're there or not. So you really start figuring out who you, who's important in your life and who isn't when you figure out you have to pay for their dinner. Thanks for putting me in your Instagram story. <laughs> you're welcome. I am a hideous man. <laughs> I truly, like, just everything's in the wrong place. What a professional, though. As you're doing a sports talk show, you're checking your Instagram. Well done. Well, I got a little notification. <laughs> Greg mentioned you in a Only story. Only true professionals. I can look around here. and talk and pay attention at the same time. It's all... It's all fine. What what do you think of the Labor Day game? Uh, I didn't watch it. Well, you didn't watch it. Well, you seem we were talking about during the commercial. You seem to know everything that happened. Well, yeah, but that's I, I check highlights and I well, read reactions on still Twitter. Got an on it. I think that people are freaking out over a last second loss to a team that is going to be once again first in the West, and I don't think you can freak out over that. The one thing I am worried about is the news that came out today: Darrell Walker going down. Yes, for the for the that's rematch. Not that's not and good. probably beyond. Yeah, and so that's a little terrifying because he has become sort of Mike Riley's safety blanket in a way where, you know, if you need a big play, if you need something to happen, Darrell's going to be there. And if he's out, who's going to step up? Yeah. And so I think... Well, Kenny's having a decent year. Sure. But, I mean, you, you can always have a good year if you're... if you've got this top guy and then you're sort of looked to as the guy that can sort of pick up some of the slack right yeah, but then enough, if yeah. somebody's forced into the number one role can they handle it who's going to step up then is the other number two guy there's a whole mess of dominoes that are about to fall and the thing about sports is they always say this in the nba playoffs too is the series is never on until you play at home so you lose a home game. Yeah, 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 yeah that's exactly right. And so, yeah, you lose in Calgary, and it's a, they're a great team, and it's a tough place to play. It was a last-second field goal. You lose. It is what it is. But, but it's seven years straight in that specific game. Sure. So that's difficult for people. And I think in the context of this season, and I, you know, people are sick of me talking about it, but it's it's three second-half collapses in the last four games. Sure. No, I, but you no, can I, look I, at I, Monday. I shouldn't call Monday a collapse because no. it's not like they got. I mean, they got outscored ten-three. You know, a lot like Calgary was driving the ball down our throats, but yeah. but still, it's a second half where you score six points, you probably win. They only scored. You three. could look at that in two different ways. You can look at it as, oh man, we have done poorly in the second half in three three big games, or you can look at it as, hey, we were doing well, we were going into the second half, and we had a chance to win and just didn't pull it out. And so if you give a, yourself a coin flip chance at halftime in a playoff game, you're going to be pretty happy with that. Especially if you're ahead going into the half. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but a, a loss is a loss, and there are some, some patterns with the team that are unsettling. I understand that, but just wait to see what happens at Commonwealth this weekend before any fire Everybody, alarms are Everybody's going to hold you to that. That's fine. And if they lose, then, yeah, you can you can start lighting your jersey on fire and freaking well, okay, out. Well, and that now, now you're taking it to the other extreme. Let's not burn anything. <laughs> Don't burn your Nike shoes if, if you're wearing Did them. Did you see the ad today? Uh, by the way, tickets are still up for grabs. Seven eight zero four. Four nine six zero zero six three. Two tickets to the uh, Labor Day rematch. Apparently, no U of A students listen to school. So, if you, all you have to do is phone into Kellen and tell him what the A stands for in U of A as it pertains to the school in Edmonton. Seriously? Yeah, it's that easy. We're not even going to put the person on air. Wow. Seven eight zero four. Somebody might get it wrong. Arithmetic, right? That's Is that the one? That's incredible. The what, University what, do you, what, do you, what do you think of the Kaepernick stuff? Well, I was just going to say, did you see the ad today? Did you see the full Nike I video? watched the full two-minute ad, and here's what struck me about that. I mean, it's 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 brilliant advertising, and, and what Nike is selling you is they're selling you the same thing every 
um, business wants to sell you to some degree or another, they're trying to sell you belief in yourself. It's the same, whether it's Kaepernick or not, whether it's Kaepernick or Jordan or Serena Williams or Stephen Hawking or Stephen King or any, pick any big name in any field, they're selling you uh, believe in yourself and don't give up. And it's a beautiful commercial. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the child with no legs wrestling, the, uh, the, the young man with no left hand playing football. Shaquem Griffin. And, and he's and then, starting for the Seahawks. And then, and, then, uh, and, then, and then Colin Kaepernick, who they don't refer to his story directly, but everybody knows what it is, yeah. saying, hey, I, I stood up for what I believed then, and I'm still famous and can be in I mean, it's... It's not. I saw that ad, and I'm like, this is so far removed from what Kaepernick was trying to talk about, or what he was trying to make people aware of. Yeah, it's so far removed from that. And and all they're selling you is the same thing every company sells you: feeling good or being inspired. It's just like beer commercials rarely, if ever, mention the taste of the beer. No, never. They show you young people partying or or older people feeling like they're young. It's because if Bud Light mentions vibrant. the taste of the beer, nobody's going to buy it. Yeah, Bud Light's <laughs> awful. Uh, but, but so, I mean, I watched that commercial and I'm like, oh, this is the same ad campaign I've been watching my whole life just with a new face and a, and a slightly new... And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being inspirational or celebrating these athletes who are in some cases, doing the impossible or, or doing the almost impossible. But I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, that's another ad campaign. That's that's cool. I'll f- but I'll didn't it give you, like, it didn't, it, didn't it light a fire inside of you? Like, you, you want to do something big. You want to believe in your, like you said, believe in yourself a little more. You want to go for that job oh, that sure. maybe is a little sure, scary. That's you great. Want- it's, it's a reminder to do that. And and again, but that's the brilliance of the campaign. It's genius. So, but, but, but it almost, now it's like, well, so what? It was Kaepernick. Well, it could have been Mike Trout, you know, anybody who's good at anything. Mike they, they, Trout is so but, boring. And this, and this is the, this is the thing about, I, I'm, I'm going to sound really j- jaded here and I hope I'm not upsetting people because I think usually I'm a lot more optimistic than this, but it's it's just it's it's the same old stuff, almost forced down our throat. Um, th- those stories are all worth telling, but they're re- reduced to a five-second clip, including Alfonso Davies, by the way. That was so cool, which, which is very cool. Um, but by the way, you can see the video if you haven't seen it yet. If you go to kissnfm.com and you. you find my blog or yeah, the Kissing like Country Facebook page, and six seconds. Yeah. So I I I I just mean you know it's. It's like okay, they 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 got Kaepernick, and you know they took advantage of his note. I mean, to me, it it just reduces everything to, you know, it reduces everything to money. It reduces everything to to pull on the heartstrings. It's not about. I mean, it's about Kaepernick, but ultimately it isn't. Ultimately, it's about capitalism. And sure. here, here's a guy. Here's a guy that's going to make money off it. Here's a company that's going to get talked about it on shows like this as a result. You could say that, but also if it inspires one person to believe oh, in the, to believe in themselves in in a way that they didn't before, because they saw the kid with no legs wrestling, because they saw Shaquem Griffin making the end of not just making the NFL, but he has started. I don't know if you know this kid's story. The kid with no left hand. I don't know the full story. So I was, I was reading it. There was a great piece on ESPN today. And basically, he's a three-star recruit. Wasn't really expected to do much. Ends up being an All-American at UCF. And just blows everybody away. Wasn't invited to the Combine. Wasn't invited. They didn't want him there. Mm-hmm. Shows up anyways and blows them away with like a 4 3 8 40 and doing a bunch of reps at 220. 
on the bench. People are like, this kid, this kid's got one hand. He's blowing us away. So Seattle drafts him in the fifth round, and they're like, what a nice story. He got drafted yep. the NFL. Blows everybody away again and is now starting on the Seahawks defense week one. Is he, the guy's incredible. Well, that is incredible. And I, 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 not for a minute am I saying that's not no, going to be celebrated. No. But, uh, but, I mean, that's, and that's the world we live in, and it's not going to change. But Nike says, great for Nike to tell those stories and showcase that. But they're trying to make money. Like, let's not forget that that's what it's... That was one of the best memes I saw. And it was like, you know, it had somebody burning their Nikes. And it was like, hey, dum-dums, Nike doesn't care if you're burning a product that you already paid money for. You already gave them the money for it. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's not showing anything. Yeah, Nike's going to be fine. Uh, It's 749. Uh, Greg and I will make our guaranteed to be correct NFL (laughs) predictions. Flawless. Guaranteed (laughs) to be correct. And uh, Brett won the Eskimos tickets. Good stuff, Brett. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, Greg Reynolds in studio from Kissing Country 103.9, having a fun discussion with him. You can text 630-630. Luke says, I agree with you, Reed. The commercial waters down everything. It is all about the money. Another texture says it's been estimated uh, that Nike will uh, get about $43 million of positive press with that ad. Well, no doubt about it. I probably talked more about Nike commercials in the last two days than in the previous five years of hosting this show. I don't know and if that's I've what ever... That's all about, right? That you, yeah. you got to beat people over the head sometimes. Okay. Our first, we will. St- we don't have a lot of time for this. Again, these are guaranteed to be correct. Take them to the bank. So after the show, I'll tweet out mine, and then you quote tweet my tweet with yours. Sure. Okay? Is that, do I just respond to that, or do I I, I retweet I think you with retweet a response? With comment. Gotcha, boo. My AFC division winners are New England, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, and Kansas City, with Tennessee and Houston as my wild card teams. That's awful. Don't take these to the bank so far. <laughs> By the way, like. What I've heard is the turnover from year to year is more shocking than you would anticipate. Oh yeah, in the it's NFL. big in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead, NFC. Or do you want me? No, to do you my know, NFC? you do the AFC. All right. So do I have to? Do you want me to do winners? Do the division okay. winners and the division two winners. Cards. I got the Patriots, the Steelers, the Jags. I mean, those are such locks, right? Yeah. And then you got the Chargers yep. as the division winners, with your wild card teams being the Texans and the Ravens. Well, we agreed on four of the six teams. Yeah. So Your I don't wild know why you said mine were so bad. Well, I mean, Kansas City's going to... They got Pat Mahomes. He's not ready. He'll be fine. He's not ready. My NFC division winners are Philadelphia, Green Bay, Atlanta, and the Rams. Yeah. And my wildcard teams are San Francisco and Minnesota. Huh. Okay. I got uh, Philadelphia. I don't feel confident in Philadelphia. I think they're going to be that team that won the Super Bowl and misses the playoffs, but I'm just... I, have I think to Dallas go. actually might have a shot. Uh, I have... Yeah. That The NFC... That... The NFC East is always screwy like that. So I'm going to go... Whatever. I'm just going to try this. We're going to go Philly, Green Bay, uh, New Orleans, mm-hmm. and the Rams. Okay. With my wild card teams being the Vikings and the Giants. So again, we agree on four of the six. Yeah. So you don't have Atlanta uh, in at all. I feel dumb. Like I know, I know I mean, Atlanta is going to be in. And there. I know a lot of people are like New Orleans. And this is the, the thing about the NFL. There's there's always that one team that was four and twelve last year. Yeah, and that's the turns thing. it around or wins three games in overtime. And that's who I think the Giants are going to be. They you know they had all these one possession games last year. Now they got Saquon. Eli's got OBJ back, and mm-hmm. maybe I don't know. We'll see. All right. So my Super Bowl 
And I, you know what? I went on Sports, Illustr- uh, Sports Illustrated site where they had 15 of their writers and web people pick Super Bowl champions. The, the 15 people had nine different Super Bowl champions. Nobody knows anything. That's a quarter of the league. The, the more you do, like, even fantasy football or March Madness, you realize nobody knows anything, and it's all just luck. All right. Here's my Super Bowl prediction. Rams over Steelers. Get out of here. Is that what you took? Look what I wrote down. So after all that, we take the same Super Bowl. Oh, my God. This is why we're friends. I got Steelers over Rams, though. Oh, you took Steelers over I didn't Rams. actually have a winner, but I wanted to be different than you somehow. All right. That's insanity. That's we, <laughs> I can't believe we picked the same Super Bowl combatants. And we didn't even talk. You, I walked in here, and you said, didn't you do your predictions? And I was like, yeah, read. It's 2018. I have mine on my phone. I don't write them down on paper anymore. And so you hadn't seen these. We hadn't talked about it. That's nuts. That is crazy. Greg, uh, it's always fun having you on the show. We will do this again. Anytime, uh, my friend. I appreciate and, uh, it. Again, uh, you know, hope married life treats you well. Ram Steelers! <laughs> what do we have tomorrow? We have another show tomorrow from 6 to 8. Don't forget, Eskimos coverage will start at 3 on Saturday with the game at 5. You also heard from Gene Principe. Awesome to have him in studio. The producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell. The studio producer is Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great evening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.